Hello and welcome to Connect to Love here on PRNFM. I am Lisa LaRose and I'm joined by the amazing and wonderful Michael J. Russ. Welcome, Michael. How are you today? I'm awesome. I'm awesome. Uh, you know, we were talking about automobiles and for the show and you said you had a nail in your tire. I just paid $1,400 to have my car get my car fixed yesterday. So it's like we're both on the same page with with regard to where we are in life. Isn't that neat? Mm-hmm. Yep, it is. <laughs> it is. Well, it's definitely. It's always great to be you know, I, <laughs> Thank you. It's so fabulous to join you. I um, <laughs> was looking at a quote this morning, and it says, "Well, we we succumb to the negative influences of life as it is." We will remain blissfully ignorant of what life is really has in store for us. And I thought about that, and yeah, I thought, focus. geez, wow, you know, how many times do we take time to stand back and really look at the world around us? You know, you look at where we've been, we've been talking about self-discovery, and, um, you know, I'd love to delve into how we look at how far we've come, what we've accomplished, how incredible our achievements are, and um, you know, just sort of see what it is that we do to design the destiny that we want um, with intention and um, balance and positivity and greater meaning of what it, it is. I mean, we set these personal goals and values, but if they don't have meaning to us or they're devoid of meaning, you know, we kind of wander around aimlessly, and that's sort of, I think, what the quote talks about. You know, we succumb to the negative influence of life rather than being an active participant in in what it is that we do. Um, so, Michael, I'll love I'll let you uh, start off on that that wonderful run with that for a couple of moments. Okay, yeah. here's here's what I want to tell you. Here's what I want to tell you. This is really interesting that this is our, our topic today. As our, as our, our uh, listeners know, we, we unscript this and we kind of see where, where it runs. Um, it's interesting uh, that you say this. And when you, when, when you were talking about just kind of describing intention and things of that nature with regard, what came to my mind is what, what I hear from people sometimes, people who you know, say, hey, how are you doing? I'm just trying to get through the day. <laughs> You're trying to what? <laughs> I'm just trying to get through the day. Somebody who's stressed out. It, it's a, it's a common uh, it's a common refrain. You know when somebody when you, when you somebody you see is moving, 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 and they got they have scowls on their face and everything else. Say, hey, what's going on? I'm just trying to get through the day, man. I'm just trying to get through the day. I'm stressed out. I'm I'm moving. You know whatever plan they had in the morning if they had a plan, went out the window at some particular point mm-hmm. during the day. It's gone. It's like it got flushed, right, because something else came up. And mm-hmm. I always uh, like to say choice is what we have, choices. We make choices, dozens and dozens of choices throughout the day. And we can choose when we get up in the morning to pursue a positive path of thought or a negative path of thought. Sometimes we just do makes this decision passively based on the first thing we encounter. Somebody who has a um, a, a um, path of of in the morning of getting out of bed and uh, taking care of themselves and getting themselves all dressed up and dolled up, ready to go to work, or they have kids or whatever. They go turn on the TV and they hear the news and they hear the story of the day and the story of the day is generally negative. And I. I asked them, why did you do that? You know, why did you interject? Because we're, we're trained to do that. We're trained mm-hmm. to get up and to see what's going on in the world when basically we don't even have our own world together yet. We haven't set the stage for our own uh, state of being, and we're already being, having our um, wonky state of being disrupted by toxicity. Mm-hmm. Because that's what we're talking about. We're talking about outside toxicity. So if you've got children and you've got to get those children up and get them to school, the question you have to ask yourself is, what is my routine? How am I setting a positive state of being for myself and for my kids? Am I just barking orders? Or am I going and looking in the eye and say, hey, welcome to the world again. Wake, wake up. 
you know, welcome to a new day. Um, it's going to be a great day. You can do anything. You know, that kind of path, that path of mm-hmm. positivity, inspiration, uh, and, and, and motivation uh, for your children. Or are you going to just bark orders and get up, get dressed, come on, do this, do that, I'm cooking this, come in here and get some breakfast, blah, 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 you know, the little rote stuff. And then before you know it, it's okay, bye-bye, you're off to school. <laughs> like, even if you don't have kids, I know people who do this with their, with their partner, mm-hmm. their, their, whoever their significant other is. And uh, I've, I've said what I do every morning uh, with regard to you know, waking up and setting some sort of intention of intimacy, um, saying I love you, holding hands in bed under the covers before we get up and get out. You know, you, it's the little things like that that really, in my view, set the stage for your state of being. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think what I think about is in terms of even when I do, you know, my own podcast or I do talks and stuff is how do you convey to people that their frequency, their vibrational frequency in the morning, what they, uh, what they get up with and what they start the day with is completely by choice. Totally by choice. It is. It's not, you're, not a, you're not a ship without a rudder that gets blown around by whatever is in the wind that day. You, are, you, you have the ability to make positive choices and take a positive direction. And you can fly from high frequencies or you can fly from low frequencies. And that's a choice that you make either subconsciously, passively, whatever. Uh, don't think you make that. Don't think you have that choice, but you do. And that's what came to mind when you uh, started this conversation is choices and what we we can choose that direction every every single moment we can choose that direction um, mm-hmm. I'm always giving golf analogies I'm always I've seen people play a game of golf where they play start off great and then it all goes to you know heck in a handbasket okay it just just deteriorates it implodes okay at some particular point in the round it implodes and the question that I always, and I can see it happening before it does when I'm playing with people because I can see that everything's great and then they have one bad shot, some shot that they, that this totally went awry, that kind of messed up their expectation. Their expectation became uh, disconnected, you know, it was blown out of the water. The, everything was going great. This happens in life because golf is just like life. You, you, you have everything going for you. You have a meeting at 9 o'clock, and then you get into a traffic jam because somebody had an accident, some unforeseen situation. So you're stuck in traffic, and you're going to miss your 9 o'clock meeting. What do you do? You can sit around and get upset about it. You can let that outside influence disrupt your state of being, take your frequencies from happy and joyful and looking forward to life and looking forward to the day to, oh, boy, this is terrible. You know, just just take a nosedive, you know, sort of like that B-17 that just got hit, and it's it's in a tailspin going down, and that's you. And at some particular point, you're going to crash mentally. And so what's neat about this life that we live is that we have the capability to maintain an awareness of what our state of being is and that we can set an intention when we get up. Actually, I like to set the intention before I go to bed. It's much easier than I wake up. Great, you know, um, and, and just move forward. It's, uh, this is the kind of stuff that I think about more than anything else. It fascinates me to see mm-hmm. people in a positive state and then see exactly what leads, what happens in their life, and they're not, they respond to it in a negative way, and it disrupts their entire frequency. They're, just, they're done. Their day was disrupted because of this unforeseen, uncontrollable situation, event. And it could be also of their own making. In golf, the shot is of your own making. You know, there are things that occur, but most of, most of the time it's you guiding yourself around the course in life you can do the exact same thing, you know, guide yourself around the course. 365 days of wonder. Um, you mentioned this. I'd love to, love to know just a couple of 
the suggestions <laughs> that they oh. – I want to know because I don't have 365 days of wonder in my mind. I'm taking this a, a day at a time. Uh, but it's you interesting. Know, like RuPaul said, life is about using the whole box of crayons. That's for March 30th. That's the – you know, they have, they're literally little, little things uh, that's just on there. You know, each day has a, a different thought. Um, you know, the man who moves the mountain must first move – start by moving small stones, Chinese proverb. Treat others how you want to be treated. Another proverb, Martin Luther King, I believe the unarmed truth and unconditional love will have the final word. I mean, how powerful is that? And, you know, Michael, I'm so happy that you brought up resonance and frequency and vibration because so many people, I really don't think they understand what powerful creators they are. And that yeah. positive thinking truly can change the world. You know, I think it was Thomas Edison that said if we did all the things in life that we were capable of, we could literally astound ourselves. And I think about that a lot. Um, a friend of mine many years ago, goes all the way back to the 70s. Um, you know, she had, her husband was an attorney and, you know, she was, uh, you know, on a scientific path and she went to an event and Maharishi, uh, the the yogi, was there. And he's the, for those of you who don't know, he was the founder of Transcendental Meditation. And she said all these people were giving him flowers. They all came, like, armed with all of these different flowers. And nobody, you know, she didn't know that that's what she was supposed to do because that wasn't her world. So she looked around and she found some daisies, some wild daisies, and she picked one. And she said when she handed it to him, and it was done with loving intent, a gift, just a small gift to him. She said the amount of energy she felt literally flooded her body. It was, she was, <laughs> said she was just blinded by all of the, the love that came from this man. And they both gave up their professions and traveled with him during his time in the United States. But what's so interesting about Maharishi was they, um, the Transcendental Movement actually undertook a, a study of 24 American cities that were greater than 10,000. And he said that you could change the violence and the break-ins that were going on even if just 1% of the population meditated. So they did that experiment. Um, and I, I'm not sure exactly where, I think the meditators were all over the, the world, all over the country, and they picked a specific time um, that they would literally send their thoughts to be, you know, peaceful and loving and just to, to the to world. They didn't know who it was going to be being sent to. But after the experiment, they found that there was an average of 16% decrease in the break-ins, robberies, less violence, even fewer right. murders. And, I mean, mm-hmm. how, how amazing is that? I mean, the, just raising the coherent state of the collective consciousness makes a palpable change in what's that going is, on. That is and, true. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, 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 I, I'm another... Uh, there was a woman who was uh, a teacher in uh, a, uh, a school, an elementary school, in a uh, very rough neighborhood, and she was responsible for detention at the end of the day. All the students that were acting up, acting out, got sent to detention, right? And she had a bright idea to get these kids, teach these kids meditation. And she had no idea what she was doing when she did that with regard to how it was going to impact these, these kids' lives. Um, teaching them how to, you see, it's, it's based on the fact that, that we had, there's so much we cannot control. And when you spend all of your time, all your energy, and all of your focus um, trying to or attempting to control what is uncontrollable, other people, what they say, what they think, what they do, uh, and um, you're, when you're at home, uh, your parental situation, you can't control whether your parents stay together or not. You can't control uh, which parent you live with. You can't control how much money is made, whether you have 
food on the table. If you're in elementary school, you know, you're, you're basically your subject, your life is pretty much subject to the whims of your elders, your parents and others. And in school, your teachers and the, the curriculum that's being taught. There's so much you cannot control. And so a lot of acting out occurred as, occurs as a result. And what this teacher did was she taught these students who were in detention, who were uh, basically um, said they, who were told they were the worst of the worst, okay? This is number one uh, for, for being why they were sent there. Taught them how to take control of themselves and how mm. they feel. You see, that's what meditation does. It is something, it, it, it helps you manage you. You're managing you. From the moment, that's what it's about, is you managing your state of being, managing your frequencies. And when she taught them how to, that this was something they could do, all of a sudden, they had something that they could control, and they started controlling themselves. Mm-hmm. And the rest is history. For them, uh, never came back to detention and went on to in, improve in grades um, and, and do wonderful things, all because they learned this simple method of controlling themselves. And mm-hmm. I've always said, someone who's very stressed out is trying to control something that's uncontrollable. That you're, 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 you're beating your head against the wall. You're trying to move a wall that cannot be moved. Right. You think you can move it, however you can't. Well, the only thing you can control is you, your thoughts, your inner conversations, what you think you're capable of, your responses to life, your actions, and you can control uh, your, uh, your thoughts. You have control only of that. That's in this life. That's all you do control. So if you take control of it, Anything can happen. And by the way, I must tell you, uh, I had uh, one of my client's sons was uh, part of um, the um, – what, what is the organization that, that, that he um, was part of, the Yogananda? What was the organization? Not, you know, what, what, it was Maharishi. Was so it? It was Maharishi. Yeah, Maharishi. So it was Sorry. Transcendental Meditation. Um, right. And I don't know – yeah. There was, a, there was a city in the United, yeah, there was a city in the, I think it was outside St. Louis where um, her son went. Now, he was part of this uh, organization of, um, where they, um, I'm not going to say they were monks. Um, they practiced transcendental meditation for like eight hours a day. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was an enclave. And uh, he was telling me one time about how they, uh, what they what they meditated on and he was part they they're the ones that did this study that you were talking about he was part oh, of really? that where they were yeah they were they were uh, applying trans they in in every country in the world they're they're all together in one particular place it, it was used it was st louis it was somewhere else before it was st louis and they moved there I wonder and if they, they had a compound. Like either Jerusalem or was somewhere overseas because I think what they found was that people didn't have to be in the same location and that oh, they only not. needed, I think, 100 people to shift uh, what was going on, which was like 1% of the population or less. And, and that was what they said, that if they had 85,000 meditators, they could at that time, I don't know how many, but the population is of the planet now, but I believe there was... 7 billion people on the earth then and that that was how many people were needed to shift the consciousness of the planet. So, you know, what you do matters. I mean, you know, you may not think so. And and going back to your book, The 365 Days of Wonder, Aldous Huxley said there's only one corner of the universe you can be certain of improving, and that's your own self. And I love that. Love it. Yeah, there was a... A wonderful woman uh, um, who was uh, an actress who was just on um, she was just on the uh, on on TV. She, she wrote a book, uh, um, a uh, autobiography, and her name is Jennifer Lewis. She's a black actress uh, and she's a black character actress. And she said, uh, you know, when you know you are, uh, we know who you are. 
and you trust you trust yourself uh, going into the room. When you know who you are, you trust yourself going into the room, and that's any room. Uh, the other thing she said is live while you live, which is, uh, I think, four very powerful words. Live while you live. A lot of people I know, again, are just getting through the day. They're, they're, uh, and this is where the whole, you know, hump day, thank goodness it's Friday, um, and manic Mondays come from. Because out of seven days out of the week, which you can do anything with, you can arrange them in your own mind, you can face, you can approach them in any way you choose. Why would you choose to see Monday as the worst day and Friday as the best day? <laughs> you know? I mean, mm-hmm. and, and Wednesday as, as the straddle day. Oh, well, between good and bad, you know, uh, between positive and negative. Um, when you have that ability to make any and every day your absolute best day, just to me, that's, that's the difference in, in terms of my thinking and a lot of people around me, even my own, my own girlfriend, um, who loves life, loves travel, was doing things. We have many things that we share together, including golf. And um, I had somebody the other day ask me this this question about how do you how do you manage your state of being in a relationship where your significant other isn't on the same wavelength as you. And my answer to them is, don't judge them for not being on the same wavelength as you. You know, don't see them differently. Don't judge them. Don't see them differently. You do what you do. They do what they do. Don't try to push your thing on them. They're, and it, hopefully they're not trying to push their thing on you. We are individuals. And, uh, and she said, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I said, you know, your path, and this is the other thing too, which is interesting, that uh, I learned just recently, which is uh, however you move through life to to, to if you're in, a, in the context of a relationship or a friendship, family, whatever you've got, um, because everybody's not on the same length, wavelength, your, your strength creates a frequency that resonates well beyond you. We, are, we know that. And when you focus on yourself and you uh, make yourself as strong as you can be, when you focus on your own, elevating your own conscious awareness, through whatever methods you use, choose. You don't have to share those methods with other people. You're not looking for other people's acceptance of your methods, acknowledgement of your methods. As a matter of fact, best thing to do is don't share your methods. You do what you do to be who you are. You know what I'm saying? This this tendency of, oh, I need to, I need to, I want to let everybody, I want to let my friends know what I'm doing because I feel so good about it. And you don't need somebody else's approval in life to, to manage your frequency to elevate your own right. conscious awareness. You don't, you don't need other people's approval. You don't need their permission. Whatever methods you choose to use, and I have many different methods, and I know you do as well. You know, if you, if you decide to energize crystals and use them as part of your meditation, that's nobody's business but yours. Because all somebody right. else is going to do is judge you for whatever it is that you're doing because they have their own mm-hmm. ideas about what you're doing. And You're why right. would you, yeah, it, why would you open up your own subconscious to uh, skeptics? <laughs> I have a, a funny story. It's actually, it's, it's very interesting, you know, how, you know, whether you call it a, a, a curse or a hex or just, you know, somebody, you know, speaks their words to you. And, and I choose, you know, a lot of times not to accept it. I'm like, okay, well, thank you for your opinion, but <laughs> I'm kind exactly. of following my own path. You know, when I when I mm-hmm. bought my house, I was 25, and I had a certain budget. You know, I could only afford so much, and you know, I was on a right. on a limited amount of money that I could spend and afford, and I didn't want my payments. I didn't want to be in debt to a house. And uh, my one of my best friends from high school, you know, we grew up in the same community, came to take a look at my house, and he said, you know, I bought like a, the worst house on a good street, um, but it was in the city. And he said to me at the time, he said, you're never going to go anywhere in life living here. I was like, wow. 
<laughs> not not uh, you know, geez, I'm so happy you bought your home. You know, you're only 25. Da 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 da. You know, there are lots of possibilities mm-hmm. here. But what's so interesting about the, you know, as you journey through the years and, you know, my house has transformed and the neighborhood's transformed and, you know, now there's a house down the street that's selling for like 429000 and another one that's, you know, just sold for 800000 and, you know, upwards of lots of, but that wasn't where, what I, what the neighborhood that I bought into. Um, Right. But, I, you know, I, I didn't accept that. I didn't accept that I wasn't going to succeed or that my where I lived would be a hindrance to what I was going to achieve in my life. And, you know, I look back on that and, you know, it's, it's interesting to see where different people's perceptions are. Um, I don't know if you, did you ever see the movie The Secret Life of Walter Mitty by any chance with Ben Stiller? Yes. Uh, yeah, I did. I, I'm not going to tell you. I, I can go back and um, scene by scene. Or Basically, pick a scene. you know, it was yeah. He I was a, a man that lived a very simple life. He worked for a Life magazine. He was in charge of cataloging the slides. Yes. Okay. Now. Yes. 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 In the Absolutely. magazine, yep. and you know, he was very meticulous about his job. And there was one slide that was missing, and he. He thought, oh, my gosh, I've got to go after this photographer. He's like the most amazing photographer. I've got to see if I can get this slide. And, mm-hmm. and in this whole adventure, you know, he, you know, basically, mm-hmm. you know, he would go for, to work every day and he had his office job. And next thing you know, he was riding through mountains. He was <laughs> coming up of volcanoes and shark-infested waters. And totally, his, li- his world came to life. And I don't want to it's ruin the, the movie for for those no, who haven't I agree. seen it. But you've got to see like, the movie. It it is it's beautiful. Yeah, you know, so you it's not what you that. think. <laughs> yeah, it's not what you think. I don't want to ruin it, but you it, know, when that photo you, it, it, went missing, it's never what you think. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So if you look at your life, like so, you know, watch the movie, but then also look at your life like that missing slide. Like what right. what is going to fill that spot? I mean, you you know right. you know you're not limited by one thing. You have a myriad of of things to choose from in this lifetime. Like as you said, you know, you get up in the morning. We we had a water main break here. I didn't you know stomp up and down because I turned my taps on and I don't have water coming out. I mean, you know, they're doing the best they can. I won't have water till at least two o'clock in the morning. Maybe sooner, well, the, maybe the other, not. Of course, one of the things about the movie, though. Uh, with Ben Stiller that I found really interesting is, without no spoiling whatsoever, is just the, the, how we in life think that the thing we think is most important doesn't end up being mm-hmm. the most important thing. Right. And it just blows you away when you see um, that this, this, all this energy that you dedicate to something and I find, you know, we, we, we find ourselves doing this all the time. We think, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is the, the direction I'm supposed to take. This is what's most important. And we're focused on the, we're micromanaging this little, our way, our path to this thing, missing the fact that from the, the big picture, uh, that isn't the most important thing. And the, for the people who've never seen the movie, you have to see it just to understand that. And they, because the movie brings it to life in a way that is so cherished. It's, it is a beautiful ending to a movie. Oh, Just, absolutely. It, I, I, I dare anyone not to shed a tear at the end of that movie because know, it is was, so was, heartwarming. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, it know, is. I was a mess. I was a yeah, mess. it's so heartwarming. Honestly. Yeah, and it, and it's and because all this running around the world and and, and you know, and, and how many people are out there, how many of our listeners are out there running, running, running from point A to point Z thinking that what they're doing is the most important thing and, it, and, it, and it's not. It's something completely different. We're missing the whole meaning behind life because we're chasing an idea that someone else implanted in our, in our minds. Right. Someone else planted the idea of, well, let's go back to your house. Uh, this gentleman said, you'll never be successful living in that house. 
the point is he was that's that's a huge thought virus if you if you if you bite into that one if you adopt that as your own that it's going to make life a little bit challenging every time you wake up or every time you walk in your front door because you'll be thinking that'll be a limiting thought for you um however you had the 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 wherewithal to say huh where i live isn't who i am where i live isn't who i am who i am is who i become who i see myself becoming what i imagine for myself this is just this is a roof over my head and what you probably didn't see at the time is how neighborhoods transform Mm -hmm. they evolve and they change and there's no way in the world you could have known at the time that it was going to evolve into the neighborhood that it is today however for you it was the perfect place to be for you in your life and you didn't see it being limiting be a limiting factor for you and I love that that's fantastic that is so so beautiful yeah my house was built in 1902 so it has a lot of character Um, Mm -hmm. and you know you were taxed on how wide your house was This is really? its own little city. Yeah, it was actually, that's how you were taxed. And so the houses are narrow, and then they go back, and then they go up, which, you know, is Shotgun, really yeah. Cre- <laughs> really creative. We call them in, in New Orleans, comes. yeah, down here in New Orleans, in New Orleans they're called shotgun homes, shotgun. Yeah, wow. They're very narrow, fun. and they go back a long, yeah, back a long way, and they can go up. The footprint is small and, and, and uh, goes back a ways. I, I bet you it's really beautiful. You really, know, and really I'm, I'm still in the same house, and you know, I express myself with color. I have very few white walls. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I have paintings mm-hmm. on the walls. I mean, it became, you know, there. It was, you know, I think you only do a house like this uh, once in a lifetime, maybe more than that. But uh, for me, it was like a once in a lifetime thing. You know, the sanding the floors, and you know, I, I, I was on a limited budget back then and I got very creative and you know I yeah my house is my home and and I made it that and and I think you know it's a good metaphor for even our own lives you know you know you are you what you what you make you know you you, what it is that you make of something you know how do you you know whether you want to paint your nails pink purple green you know there's all kinds of colors under the sun or do your eye makeup or whatever it is i mean it if it makes you happy truly makes you happy you're not doing it for somebody else or just to fit in you know you are doing it because it it makes you feel good this is this is an interesting topic because we live in a society today that is very much driven by public opinion mm-hmm. and our goal here is to know ourselves uh, to know ourselves and when we know ourselves inside and out and, and, and we we are in charge of our own evolution thought wise conscious awareness wise when we are creating ourselves and designing our lives there's inherently a huge amount of strength and empowerment in that it's just you you know you're unshakable when you know who you are and you carry yourself as such knowing who you are and you don't let other people um tell you what you should do how you should dress which tattoos you should get um you know it's interesting the whole tattoo movement uh, is very tribal um, and it it's started out as being an individual thing but now it's a it's a thing thing you know it's uh, right. it's it's an end thing and uh, you know it's sort of like when 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 someone says if you don't have one you're not you know you're not in that's when <laughs> you get to try to do something different because that's For where sure. we go you know it's like wait a minute you know what what I thought about when you said I, I'm into color and I have my own art and it's my place and I'm still here what I thought about is how people you would ne- you're not the kind of person neither am I who would hire an interior designer because why would I want to have somebody else's um, concept of me put around me you know we my office is a complete and total reflection of me where I've been, what I've done. I can point to anything that's on a shelf and tell you where it came from and why I bought it and what energy it gives me. That's awesome. And yeah, so, and, and, it's, and it's very cluttered right now because 
I don't own a house. I'm I'm staying at the at my house my girlfriend and her uh, ex-husband built back in 1984. However, I did build um, personally. I paid for a uh, probably a about an 800 square foot extension for the house when I before I moved in. And so I do have kind of a piece of it, but yet, you know, on this this particular office of mine is filled with all the artwork I had, most of it, some of the big pieces I don't have, but are in storage that I that I, um, you know, kind of collected, and I can look around them and I know exactly where they came from what I was doing, what I was thinking at the time. It's so wonderful. This, you know, you, you create an environment. You create an environment that, that reflects your energy. It's highly reflective mm-hmm. of your energy, which is what we should do, is create an environment that is reflective of our, of our own energy. Everything in this room has a vibe that's positive about it. Mm-hmm. And we understand, you do and I do, that when something no longer becomes relevant, we can get rid of it with complete confidence and serve its purpose. We don't, we're not hoarders. We don't need to keep things just because we're afraid to get rid of them. Certain things in life, we, as we evolve, and as our, each one of our listeners evolve, you have to be willing to let go of things that are no longer relevant for you, that no longer meet your own, the, the level of energy that you're resonating. Maybe when right. you bought them, you were resonating this energy, and it, it no longer fits. So when it no longer fits, you have to get rid of it. I did that yeah, with a, like a, good a, pair a restaurant. Of jeans. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. I'll, I'll know, wear I, a good pair of jeans out. Don't go to the barn. I I'll know. wear them out at the barn. <laughs> that's, <laughs> the, that's the beautiful thing about it. Oh, they're no longer jeans I wear around. I wear those to the barn now. <laughs> I get them all messed up. I, they'll get, you know, sweaty and dirty, and I'll just – every morning that's where they go. But th- this is the thing about it. We, I, I do look at the metaphor of interior designer, life designer, um, the, the, the forces out there in the world that are attempting to get each and every one of us to subscribe to their view of life, to subscribe to their thought processes, what they think we should do with our lives, we have to have a very strong mental constitution to not succumb to that mm-hmm. because in this digital age, that is oppressive. It's oppressive. It can be. You know, it can be because that message is, the drum keeps beating. You know, if you want to watch something, digital advertising is is everywhere. 100%. Yeah, it's attempting to get you to feel inadequate so that you need what, but you're not inadequate. That's the point. You're not inadequate. And, Knowing yourself, we were talking about this a, a couple of episodes ago, knowing yourself, um, getting uh, understanding, uh, getting a greater understanding of who you are, what you do like, what you don't like, what you, how much of your life was designed by someone else. Did someone else decide that you needed to take the career path that you took? Did someone else decide that you should be in the relationship that you're in? I don't know. Did someone else decide that you needed to have the house that's around you designed the way that it's designed? Does it resonate with you? And because this, this is the way, you know, people live. This really happens in life. And self-discovery, self-exploration, self-discovery is about you discovering who you are, the essence of who you are. And maybe the life you're living is not who you are. Maybe it right. doesn't resonate with you. And right. your happiness and, is, is tied to this. Mm-hmm. And before the show, yeah. Michael and I were, were speaking about a song that I got stuck in my head by Michael Bublé. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, I just haven't met you yet. And even though in, you know, in the video it's about a, a love interest, and I said to Michael, mm-hmm. I said, as I was listening to the words, I couldn't help but thinking that it's actually could be about you and about the aspects of yourself, you know, because it's like someday I know I'll find that person, but really it's that person that's you or those aspects of you and, and how 
things sort of come out of nowhere and into your life and things can be amazing and you can embrace all of the possibilities that are, are open to you. And and I think, you know, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, Michael, because sometimes there are thought viruses um, as you know, what we get when we're children, you know, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not smart enough. Uh, I was with a friend yesterday and he said, it was really interesting, he said, you know, he's uh, explained that, you know, he he's not the the most buff guy, you know, he's, he's an artist, he's an, one of the most incredible people I know, he, he can do everything and anything, but he said it really bothered him when he was younger because, you know, people would pick on him because he wasn't this big beefy guy and he was like thinner than other oh, yeah. guys. And, and I've yeah. never looked at, you know, it's ironic because I've never looked at him like that, but how that really impacted and bothered somebody. And, you know, he found refuge in his art, which I guess was a gift to us all, but he's also an amazing musician and, and plays so many different instruments that just, boggles my mind you know it seemed like wow I didn't know you played that <laughs> and and he plays in a lot of different bands and he can pick up and he was the one who hosted uh Dixon's violin uh, not that long ago but he's created a yeah, beautiful yeah. space for people to be and and you know he's really curated and created his own life but when somebody gives you a thought virus do you have any uh, tips for our audience members of how to disseminate or change that, change the energy around that um, that you would find yeah, you can dispel it. valuable to share? Yeah. Yeah, you can dispel it. Um, you can dispel it. Uh, awareness is 90% of it. When you become aware that you've been operating under the guise of a, of a thought virus, it's very empowering. Um, even though you've done, this particular gentleman has done amazing things uh and you have to you 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 have to recognize that you you've been operating under it number one most people aren't aware that they're actually operating under the guise of the thought virus they're thinking oh it was my idea my decision to do this and all of a sudden they think wait a minute hold on a second uh you know my mother told me to do this i've i've said many times that my mother i don't have a college degree i didn't finish i'd left it two three quarter years and uh from san jose state and as my mother said at the time she said you know, you're going to need a college degree to be successful. And uh, that thought virus ended up being one of the things that when I really got into a serious career opportunity uh, that um, everywhere but this one company uh, was required a college degree. Uh, I was lucky enough to have a manager that looked for certain aspects of character, personality, of people not just a degree he was looking for people who could communicate uh people like me who were worldly who could really uh who learned to communicate with a wide variety of people whether they spoke our language or not spoke english or not uh, and again character uh morals ethics uh who displayed uh, the ability you know he's looking for a certain he wasn't just looking for a degree as a filter right Mm-hmm. However, when I got into it, when I got into it, it was a, it was um, one of the things that was that I discovered was holding me back from being successful. I was I was working around Matt, BAs, MAs, and PhDs, people who had gone to school and gotten the education, and I didn't. I was the only one in the room that didn't have a college degree, and I didn't recognize. And I had let that be a limiting factor to me until I really sat down and discovered how it was impacting me, the way I felt when I came to work every day. And that's when I made the decision to say, okay, wait a minute. I am just as capable because what the college degree meant nothing. It was just in, in every other business, it was just a filter. What it meant was, are you worldly? That really is what they're saying. Did you go someplace where you learned about the world, about history, about um, cultures? Did you go study a particular, did you have the focus to get through this thing and to get these through these four years or six years or eight years or whatever it was? It wasn't the degree itself. is what it represented. 
What I had that they mm-hmm. didn't have was I had basically seven years of living in other countries and traveling the world before I was 15. What I had was I had developed a knack for befriending anyone in a matter of a minute. I had the capability to make friends in, on a dime, walk into a room and take command of that room because of my presence, because I, my, my head was high and my shoulders were back, and I had a smile that beamed like crazy, you know, that, that you know, light up a room do. that was completely dark. <laughs> yeah, I know. I got a lot yeah. of teeth in my mouth, the dentist says. Um, beautiful smile. However, however, this particular gentleman, and, and this is what I would tell him if, 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 when we speak, I would say, look, it's, it's, it's what you, when you know who you are, and this is a, a function of knowing who you are, when you know who you are, mm-hmm. what you're capable of, what your strengths are, what your gifts and talents are, that is what is important. These other things they're talking about aren't important. The, whether you're scrawny or what, listen, I was 135 pounds in high school at 5'11", okay? I was scrawny. Oh, you were fat. Okay, I was not, yeah, it's buff hunk, okay? I had a guy to... A guy I went to high school, high school with, I saw him at a reunion. I think it was about the 30th reunion. He goes, hey, he says, I'm no buff hunk, but I know how to whatever, do this or that or whatever he said. I'm no buff hunk. I'm never going to be a buff hunk. That's not me. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah, he was a little guy, but he was well-dressed, well-groomed, had a great career path. And, you know, it, 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 our society – and everything in it right now values um, a, a, a woman that's a certain shape, a man that's a certain type, a certain type, mm-hmm. certain shape, has a certain job. You know, this is all illusionary. It's, a, it's an Absolutely. illusion. The only thing that, mm-hmm. yeah, what it boils down to is how do you feel about yourself and your life? Right. That's what it really boils down right. to. And you got you to have that reckoning in order to dispel the virus. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, you, are, you have strength that other people don't have. And the college degree is just, it's just a piece of paper. I'd seen, here's the interesting thing, and I'll be very quick about this. You, I've, I saw the Acropolis in, in Athens twice. I saw it in 1970 while it was a, a pile of ruins that, that had foot marks from the coal burning in the city of Athens. And then I saw it again uh, nine years ago. I saw it again after it had been cleaned up, and now it was being put mm. back together. I saw the Roman Colosseum when it was literally as it had been for decades, hundreds wow. of years. And you could walk into it. It hadn't been reconstructed yet or, or any way. They hadn't had put any money into it. It was just sitting there next to the, the former mana. And I walked into this thing, and you could walk down into where the, the, the gladiators and the animals hung out. And it was all mm-hmm. overgrown with weeds and all this other kind of stuff. And then I saw it again 20 years ago. That was in 1970. I saw it again 20 years ago when it had, uh, after the Pope had done a, um, I think it was, uh, he had done some sort of special thing in there. And they had basically created these ramps um, that you walk on. And you could no longer walk down into the bottom area where we freely went. Um, because of one thing or another. I mean, I would, I would go to college and I'd tell people this and they'd go, what? <laughs> you know, it was all, it's not about book smart. You know, it's like, it's right. like I've been there. I saw that thing. I, that, that painting that's in this book, yeah, that we're studying, yeah, I've seen that. I saw that in the museum yep. and so-and-so. For sure. And they're like, what? I agree. Yeah. So it's not yeah. necessarily the degree that's important. It's what, it's what you do to get the degree. You meet people. Yep. You leave home and you find out who the heck you are. I right. knew who I was, and it was an ever-evolving thing, right? It continued yeah. over the last 30 years. 100%. So that's, you know? that's how you, you get to the heart of a thought virus, okay? Mm-hmm. You have to recognize that, that that is what you're operating from. That's the premise, that you're, the belief you have in yourself. You dispel the belief by expanding on, by understanding it, that it exists, and then moving from there to uh, do whatever you need to do to, to move beyond it. Yep. That's how, yeah. Absolutely. And there, yep. and, <laughs> ironically, I, you know, I picked up that, 
that book after not like looking at it for ages, you know, the 365 Days of Wonder, and I open it up and it says success does not come through grades, degrees, or distinctions. It comes through experiences that expand your belief in what's possible. And there you I, go. I, yep, 100%. And, you know, I love that I, and I love how you express that you love yourself the way you are. And I would encourage each one of our audience members to get rid of the disclaimers of whatever it is that somebody put on you, that thought virus, and really love yourself the way you are, see yourself as Mm -hmm. wonderful. Um, You know, instead of saying, I can't do that, say, I can do anything I want, right? I, you know, and see the gifts that you have to not only give other people, but also give yourself. I think, you know, that's really how we change the negative beliefs into something positive. And that's when something happens. That's how we change our frequency. That's how we change what's going on on the planet. You know, we feel strength and joy. And, um, you know, it's just all part of that journey of self-discovery and self-exploration. And, um, yeah, and I'm going to let you close out the show, Michael, because you just have, you know, there's so much that you can say about that, and and I'd love for you to to, uh, close it out. I I think that, in my view, basically, what I think really doesn't matter, but everybody, what 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 you think about yourself is really what matters. Uh, and you know, life is life is a huge opportunity. You just have to get past the illusion of what's going on outside of you. You have to see what's going outside of you as an illusion, as an opportunity to gain further knowledge about yourself, because you're the one reacting and responding to everything that's going on outside of you. That's that's what I can say, and that's a whole show in itself. However, that's a good place to, 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 to begin thinking about the world as an illusion, everything outside of you as an opportunity for you to be a better person based on how you respond to it. And this has that's been a wonderful beautiful. conversation. Yeah, mm-hmm. thank you. And, and uh, everybody have an awesome week and look forward to our, our next adventures together. Thank you so much.